Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, Blaze Church. I love that old 90s trailer. Be sure to pick up your VHS copy on the way out of Home Alone 2. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to be uh, continuing our series this morning, Christmas at the Movies. And if you don't know me, my name is Joe. And I'm really excited about this series because we've been discovering God's truth in our lives through these timeless classic Hollywood films from the holidays. And as you saw in the trailer, I have the privilege to be talking about Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. And this, this movie has a special place in my heart. This, this movie is my childhood. I've seen it countless times. I continue to watch it to this day during the holiday season. But I'm going to start off with something a little controversial for any Home Alone aficionados. Um, I find that Home Alone 2 is better than the original Home Alone. I find that this is one of those rare opportunities where the sequel is better than the first one. Now, if you'd like, we can have a spirited debate after, but I just wanted to get that out of the way. And now that we have, I do have a question for you this morning to think about. And that is, why is it during the Christmas season, the holiday season, we tend to be able to put our differences aside, get together with family and friends and celebrate with one each other, one another during the holidays. And you think about it, like these are people who you may have not gone out of your way to see in other times of the year, but now everyone's gathering together to, to be together for Christmas. Um, maybe for you, you, you know, you might not be partial to your spouse's family or an aunt or an uncle. Um, and you know, you, this is not something that you would want to do all the time. And the question is, is that really what we want to have to do? Is that really what we want to do this morning? It's just like, let's just tolerate the holiday season. Um, and for you, maybe that's not even the reality. Maybe for you, it's like, forget about the holiday season, Joe. My family does not have functions and gatherings. We have dysfunction and wrestling. Um, and, and, and maybe for the holidays, it just amplifies that. And it gives you kind of like the Christmas blues. Um, and, and this morning, um, regardless of whether this is happening during the holidays or not, when we think about kind of these relationships that we have, the topic that comes to mind for me is the topic of forgiveness. The topic of, you know, being amongst family and friends, uh, and it might be hard to actually do the act of forgiveness. Maybe this morning when I said the word forgiveness, you immediately had that person come to mind. That person who you haven't forgiven, or that person who hasn't forgiven you. Well, I'm not going to just stand up here and say, hey, Forgive because it's a good thing to do. It's good for you. Um, I recognize for you, when you're thinking of this, you're thinking of potentially a deep hurt, a pain, a suffering, an offense that if I endured what you went through, um, I wouldn't be ready to forgive. And, and I understand there's a difference between like you stepping on my toes on accident and me forgiving you versus like you going out of your way to like beat me up or make me miserable. We're dealing with a wide set of issues when it's the topic of forgiveness. And, and I can relate this morning. I know what it feels like to let my emotions 
be the first thing that I go to, to, to build up resentment or, or to keep me from choosing forgiveness as the first thing. And that's exactly what I wanted to explore this morning through Home Alone 2 and especially through God's word um, that we've been given an incredible reminder, a reminder and a reason to forgive. And at the end of the time together, my prayer is that you would take a step towards forgiveness. Because as we're going to discover today, it's God's plan for us. And I'm hoping that we realize that through forgiveness, we could see it through a lens of how we've been forgiven by God. And let that decision flow out from our hearts this morning. Now... Home Alone 2. We're starting with the sequel. You may have not seen the original. You may not even seen these movies. So I do want to set the stage a little bit before we move on. Let's talk about Home Alone 1. Kevin McAllister and his family, they're set to go to Paris for Christmas. That must be nice. And they are all ready to go. Kevin gets in an argument with his family. He winds up sleeping upstairs in, the, in, a, in a room that he usually doesn't sleep in. And they'll make a long story short, they rush out of the house and Kevin is left home alone. And on top of that, there are these two thieves, these two robbers who call themselves the wet bandits, who are going around houses, figuring out who's gonna be away for the holiday season to rob their house. And then they call themselves the wet bandits because on top of that, they like to plug the faucets and flood the people's house. And they just so happen this holiday to choose the McAllister residence where Kevin is home alone. And Kevin sets an elaborate amount of booby traps and ultimately is able to defeat the bad guys and get them arrested all in time for his family to come home and to be reunited. So what are the chances of this happening again? Well, in Hollywood, the chances are very high. In Home Alone 2, we are in a similar situation. Kevin and his family are going away yet again for Christmas, this time not to Paris, but to Florida. Um, and they are determined not to leave him behind this time. Now, before they embark on this trip, this journey, um, Kevin, his brother Buzz, and the rest of his siblings, they're actually performing at a Christmas pageant. Kevin has been given the coveted vocal solo for this Christmas pageant. Um, and unfortunately, his older brother Buzz had some other plans in mind. Let's take a look at this first clip from Home Alone 2. So, as you can see in this clip, Kevin is feeling a lot of different emotions, emotions that we feel throughout our lives. He's humiliated, embarrassed, he feels unheard, angry, frustrated, resentful, hard-hearted. And the last thing on Kevin's mind right now is forgiveness. And maybe for you, you've been in that exact type of mindset before, thinking, how can I begin to forgive this person when I feel so wronged? How can I move on from this injustice without it filling me with anger or sadness? Or maybe you're saying, why does this person even deserve my forgiveness? Well, now that we've seen Kevin's perspective about things, what does God's word have to say about this? Well, when we read in the Bible, we're not the first people to struggle with this topic. In fact, Jesus' disciples were discussing this exact same thing with Jesus, trying to understand how many times they should forgive someone. If you go to Matthew 18, we're going to start in verse 21. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? 
up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. You know, Peter's suggestion here to Jesus seemed very generous to him, seven times. And then Jesus' response indicated, no, that wasn't generous enough. He's essentially saying, always forgive. And you may be thinking, like, always forgive? But what, what about the times where I don't feel like forgiving? Like, let's, let's talk about our feelings for a moment because I think it's really important because God created us to feel. He created these emotions that we've experienced. How many of you before experienced anger, sadness, joy? Like, these feelings are normal, and they are real. And you know who else experienced all these feelings on earth? Jesus. We read in Scripture, Jesus felt compassion for the lost people. He was angry with people who took advantage of others. He felt grief when his friend Lazarus died. And he certainly felt this deep hurt when his disciples who were with him all this time abandoned him in his most time of need. And he had to have felt pain when he was nailed to the cross. I believe that when it comes to forgiveness, Nike's slogan doesn't just work. Just do it. Jesus doesn't tell us, hey, disregard your feelings. Disregard how you're feeling right now in this situation. No, he created us to feel. So the first thing I want us to know this morning is acknowledge your feelings, but don't always act immediately on your feelings. Judah Smith, who's a, a pastor and the author of a book called How's Your Soul, writes, in the journey of life, emotions make great companions, but terrible leaders. Jesus experienced every feeling that you and I experience through life. He was fully human and fully God at the same time on his time on earth. But we don't always find him acting immediately on his feelings. He acts on how the Father told him to act, how the Father told him to live. And, and maybe you've heard this adage before, you have to feel it to heal it. And when it comes to forgiveness, this is the first place. This is a good place to start to acknowledge the pain, acknowledge the hurt, the anger, and don't rush the process of, of processing your feelings and emotions. Just don't always act immediately on how you feel. So you may then ask, how do we act? How should we act? What hope might God give us through his word in these moments when we feel so hurt, when we feel so much pain, when we don't feel like forgiving. How should we act? Well, we're about to see in a moment how Kevin reacts. But before we run the next clip, I want to bring you up to speed because Kevin actually, by the grace of God, makes it to the airport this time, everybody. He doesn't actually get home alone. He's not home and he's not alone. However, the alarm clock didn't go off. The family is frantic. There is a mad dash to get to the airplane and then you know it's it's the holiday season at an airport it's crazy and Kevin just looks down for just a moment and he loses sight of his family and then he he sees someone who he thinks is his dad and he follows somebody on to the wrong flight and Kevin just winds up landing in New York so let's take a look at this clip to see how he handles it So, 
Kevin had a lot of options when he landed in New York. He could he could have went to New York and made a huge scene, could have asked for help from the police, from the airport staff, um, but since he was still upset at his family, he had yet to forgive them. He chose to go on a spending spree and take a little vacation for himself. He gets himself the best suite at the Palazzo Hotel. He's got his dad's credit card and cash because he was holding his dad's bag when he went on the plane. Um, but what we really see here is that Kevin is hurt. He's in denial. He's ignoring his circumstances. And he doesn't have any concern about his family. His family is panicked. And they are not enjoying their Christmas. They're in another state. They're trying to find him. But he doesn't seem to have a care in the world. And maybe you can relate to this. I know that I can of taking the approach of, oh, you know what? Let's ignore the issue. Let's, let's let it stew inside for a little bit. Maybe push it down a little bit, hoping things are just going to kind of work its way out. Um, but that's very temporary. It's never a lasting solution. Um, and I think this Christmas season can bring up a lot of old wounds and may remind us of places in our hearts where we have may maybe have not forgiven someone. And it can lead to a lot of, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. You know, we're surrounded by all of these, uh, you've got Christmas commercials, people are given their significant other's cars, you got Lifetime and Hallmark movies, every family is, they have no brokenness, they're just all happy-go-lucky, they have no care in the world, and you know, we watch these things, and we know kind of subconsciously, you know, that's not really real life, but we can't help but compare ourselves to those things we see out in the world. So how are we called to handle times of hurt? Well, I want to read that same passage in Matthew 18 one more time. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Did you notice who Jesus put the responsibility on for when it comes to forgiveness? He said it's, it's our responsibility. And the, and the disciples of Jesus should be the most forgiving people on the planet. And I'll, and I'll tell you why in the moment, but I just want to show how clearly Jesus really prioritized the, another uh, forgiveness in the Bible. And there's another passage in Matthew where he's teaching people on love and forgiveness and how to treat people who make us feel angry. And in Matthew 5, starting in verse 23, he says, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So let me bring that passage in like 2022 terms. Say you're ready. You're on the dream team here at Blaze Church. You're ready to serve as an usher. You're ready to make a difference. And then as you're kind of walking and you realize, oh, you know what? I, you know, I'm, I got to do my giving. So you, you open up the church center app. You're ready to give. But then all of a sudden you, you remember, oh, what about that, that fight this week? The, the one with my coworker, the one where they were just... They were just egging me on. I wanted to try to avoid it, but it just didn't end pretty. And then all of a sudden, your phone pops up notification. It's from Jesus. You pull, you, you pull it open. You're like, it says, hey, Joe, um, I know you're about to worship God with your finances and serve in the dream team, um, and, and you're going to help people come today and find a seat, but you really need to forgive that person because it, it matters so much. It is important that you are quick to forgive.
So once we acknowledge our feelings, we are going to act. But we aren't going to act on our feelings. We're going to act on our faith in God. Let me say it in another way. We are called to lead with love and forgiveness. You know what? Can everyone say that with me? We are called to lead with love and forgiveness. I think we can all agree that in most situations, choosing forgiveness first or leading with love, um, it's going to have a better outcome overall. But you also might be saying in your head, but Joe, you don't know what I've been put through. You know, the person I'm thinking about, um, they don't deserve my forgiveness. You know, why should I forgive them? They haven't even thought about forgiving or apologizing to me. And if that's what you're thinking, you're not wrong. You're right. But the question is, is what matters more to you? Is it being right or is it honoring God? through our relationship, through what God's word says. At the end of the day, when you think about this relationship with a person that you may have issues with, what what do you want to tell somebody someday about how that ended? In Romans 12, 18, it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, some people are gonna be hard to love. Some people are going to be hard to to forgive, hard to live peaceful with. But as scripture says, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been called to forgive. You've been called to be quick to forgive. Why? Why are we called to be quick to forgive? It's because we have been forgiven. We forgive because God forgave us first. We forgive because God forgave us first. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Another passage in Colossians 3.13, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. The forgiveness of our sins is a debt that is larger than anything we can imagine. It's uncomprehendable. A debt that ultimately would have led to death, but God, through his love, his kindness, his grace, sent his son Jesus to earth to be sacrificed for our sins and to be the savior of the world. Like, think about that for a second. It's the entire world's sins. It's an unimaginable amount of unconditional forgiveness. And as Christ followers, we look to that act of forgiveness as our reason for wanting to forgive. And listen, it's not something that's always going to be easy. Believe me, I'm preaching to myself this morning as well. I know that I don't always have things figured out. I can let emotions get in the way of being quick to forgive. And Kevin let his emotions do that exact same thing. Throughout this film, he winds up meeting a lot of people, some very kind, and as you saw in the trailer, some not so kind. But at the end of the day, Kevin had to make a choice. He had to make a decision. So let's take a look at our last clip to see what he chooses to do. (laughs) 
So Kevin's realization is that he loved his family, and, and while life can be messy, sometimes he ultimately just, it led him to forgiveness. All he wanted for Christmas was to apologize, to say sorry. And what we see him doing in that last clip is he's, he's kind of confessing, and now he's probably most likely confessing to Santa. Um, but <laughs> in Scripture, um, when we confess to God, his response is grace. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I wanted to read what my Bible study said about this specific verse because I thought that they put this beautifully. It says, God wants, us, wants to forgive us. He allowed his beloved son to die just so that he could offer us a pardon. He canceled our debt and dismissed all the charges. When we come to Christ, he forgives all. The sins we have committed or will ever commit. True confession involves a commitment not to continue to sin. In admitting our sins and receiving Christ's cleansing, we are one, agreeing with God that we've truly sinned and will turn from it. Two, ensuring that we don't conceal our sin. And three, recognizing our tendency to sin and our reliance on God's power to overcome it. I want to invite the, the band back up. And while they're coming up in closing, you know, I want you to know that we do live in a fallen world. Not everyone is going to follow these principles that we've read today in God's word. And, and I recognize that the person that you may be forgiving may not want to do the same. They may continue to hurt you or cause you pain. I want us to remember these three things. And if we can all repeat them, and if you want to take a photo on the screen, I really encourage you. If we could say all these together, acknowledge your feelings, but don't always act immediately on your feelings. We lead with love and forgiveness. We forgive because God forgave us first. And what I love about these truths is that we don't have to go through this alone. I love that we have a Blaze family that truly and genuinely cares about us, that supports us all the time and cares about our well-being, and then a God who never turns his back on us. Maybe, maybe this morning you've been carrying that weight of unforgiveness or carrying that weight of resentment that's just been sitting in you for such a long time. This morning, I want to pray and ask God to remind us about the forgiveness he's given us, to remind us to lead with love and be quick to forgive others in our lives. If you join me and bow your heads, I'd love to pray. Father God, you know our hearts, Lord. You know every single person heart who is in here and watching online, Lord. I pray for complete restoration in our relationships, in our emotions, Lord, I pray that you, you use your Holy Spirit to remind us about the gift that you've given us, that you've forgiven all of our sins, the sins of the world, so that we can know you, that we can honor you and bring more people to know you, Lord. I just pray that you continue to teach us your ways and to heal these old wounds and to show us how to forgive and show us and give us peace, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. I want to invite you to stand up. We're going to sing one more song about the love of Jesus.